0: Hey everybody, this is Nathan here with Jake, and you're about to listen to what we call Sound of Sanity 1.0. Now, Jake, what do we mean when we say Sanity 1.0?
1: Well, Sound of Sanity was a show we'd been wanting to do for a really long time, and we'd never really seen our way clear to getting it off the ground.
0: Right, so one day we decided the best way to get it off the ground was just to sit down, hit record, three friends talking into microphones.
1: Since that time, the show has changed and grown a whole lot. The modern version of Sound of Sanity really began to develop around episode 34 on Jordan B. Peterson.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's some stuff we're really proud of in this early iteration of this show and some stuff we're possibly, probably, maybe not so proud of, but there's some good stuff and we wanted to leave these up. Plus,
1: we thought it'd be fun for people who know the current show to go back and see how far the show's come. Yeah, fun and
0: maybe sometimes a little humbling. No doubt. Anyway, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the current version of the show. That's right. And meanwhile, please enjoy this episode from the archives.
1: You are now listening to the sound of sanity. The sound will continue for the duration of the program. Love. Amid the cold of winter,
2: when half-spent was the night.
0: Previously on Sound of Sanity i'm trying to do an impression of ben here the regulative principle christmas is ruined oh well ben you're a moron that's my impression of jake (laughs) 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 uh and i should probably say you're listening to this house my name is nathan opperson i'm your humble and obedient host over there we've got the pastor uh, jacob mentzel the ceo of warhorn media right there uh how you doing jake good merry Merry christmas nathan merry christmas jake Uh, And we've got over there our our little elf, our little industrious Christmas elf himself, Benjamin Q. Sulzer, right there. How you doing, Ben? Merry
2: Christmas, baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He actually threw two handfuls of tinsel in the air as he said that. Now, Ben, true or false? You're a terrible alcoholic.
1: Well... uh, it spends insane amounts of money on very small quantities of alcohol.
0: That's possible. Well... We, we talked about a lot about that last week. Yeah. In our fun fact about Ben, we talked about how you're spending $20,000 on alcohol. Delicious Scotch whiskey. Delicious Scotch whiskey. And we've had people since ask us about that and ask us about all the money that you're spending on the alcohol. And um, Let's just
2: say I have a lot of credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's not like that was intended for any sort of ironic or humorous purpose. No, no, no. That was (laughs) completely, sincerely, you're seeking
2: help. I'm not the kind of man who jokes about my whiskey, Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: you love it too much. $20,000 on it, of course. That's right. Folks, it's possible that that was said for humorous purposes. You're not really an alcoholic. It's true. (laughs) That is the one fact about Ben that is in fact said for humorous purposes
1: really do on halloween sit alone in the dark eating a bowl of broccoli
0: if i ever get married it's gonna be a family tradition all right kids <laughs> it's halloween <laughs> <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> <laughs> everything else that we've said about in ben when we when i say fun fact about ben and then we say fun facts about ben everything else 100 percent accurate never intended at all for humorous purposes that one however that one kind of a little joke yeah a little joke on the listener all right. Wasn't there know.
1: one where we talked about your how much you love curling? Wasn't that one that right? make it a,
0: make it? A I, you cat? know,
2: I don't think that that actually did that actually. Oh, if it didn't get no, in, we'll man. have to do
1: it some other time. Yeah. And then
0: as a champagne curler, yeah yeah so uh very quickly guys previously on sound sanity mm. what did what did we say we had a discussion a very interesting discussion about christmas traditions and ben talked about how ben had to play the devil's advocacy i thought we were going to get out early the alarm went off ben comes in with all this devil's advocacy stuff um yeah. if you don't know the devil's advocacy that's where someone argues for the arch- yeah. opposite position so the episode here i'll just trace it very quickly for you the episode started with us saying what do we do with christmas traditions well and then jake says they're basically good, you know. They help us. What did you say in a one I, sentence? So I came out just
1: saying traditions are good and inevitable, and it's important that our traditions serve God and are are in their proper place. And when they are, they're great tools to build God's kingdom and to help us learn things about about the Lord. And then the devil
0: showed up. The devil showed up in the form of Benjamin Solzer. Actually, did a really fantastic job digging yeah. a hole for us. The Ben's best showing is the devil. If you want to hear Ben and all his devilish. Glory, um, or whatever the opposite of glory is. Mm-hmm. What's the opposite of glory? Um, uh, d- that's a hard one. If you want to Dishonor. hear, if you want to hear the full darkness of Colony. Ben unleashed, he—he he, uh, is not really darkness. He just made a good case for traditions being us binding men's consciences.
2: Well, especially to do with, with holidays.
0: With holidays, with holy yes. days.
2: So was, I was more like the Presbyterian's advocate, really. Am
0: mm, yeah, I, don't know, I don't like, know, right? Uh, the Puritans made a good <laughs> the... case. Our fathers in the faith made a good case. I
2: can bury the opposition under mountains of text and arguments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, 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 but how would that argument all be distilled down into two sentences?
2: Two sentences. Wow. Okay. You just say, the Bible gives the church no authority to create holy days holidays, and so you
0: can't. To which Jake replied,
1: I'm not about binding men's consciences or churches' consciences to celebrate Christmas. I'm about giving them the freedom to address something that has become a cultural phenomenon and to take part in it in a way that's sanctified and actually helpful to the people around them and to their neighbors.
0: And to bind men's consciences to not do that is actually ultimately probably going to be more destructive than... That's right. Not. That's I mean right. if you if you make a principle out of we're not celebrating Christmas you're making a principle out of not talking about what it, the example you gave, actually, was some people that came after you for the same thing when you said Happy Mother's Day on Twitter. Some people said, well, we shouldn't give in to this, uh, uh, you know. American, American pagan American... holiday thing. Like, dude, like... the, the, this is, our culture hates sexuality as God designed it. They hate motherhood. They hate fatherhood. Everybody's feeling the pain of that on this Sunday. I think it was yep. Mother's Day specifically. Everyone's feeling the pain of that mothers are feeling the pain of it sons and daughters are feeling the pain of it and they and don't know so what it'd to do it would be a very
1: foolish pastor to not address that right. on mothers day
0: and so jake's not saying i think we should be able to create all kinds of uh, papist holy days what he is saying is christmas is a pretty big deal in our culture and it's a big thing and we should have the freedom to deal with it
1: and and each each church and each pastor should have the freedom to deal with that as as seems best to him. And if a pastor in a church decides that the way to do that is is to reject the celebration of Christmas, that's up to them. But if, but if a pastor in his church and his elders decide we're going to celebrate Christmas and we're going to do it right and we're going to take advantage of this opportunity where people all feel that they should have something to do with God, they should have the freedom to do that sort of thing.
0: The cards on the table, we would probably not agree with the person that says they're going to get on a boat and find a land where they don't have to think about Christmas or celebrate Christmas. Yep. Um, We like Christmas. We think it's fun. We think it's helpful. But then we've started to talk about another thing and we realized we we were going to have to save this for this episode, which is you've got the, the obvious response to that, which Ben made in that episode and we left it on a cliffhanger, is okay, but Christmas is commingled with so much idolatry, you know? I mean, Christmas really is a Walmart, Hallmark, Bing Crosby holiday more than it is a Jesus holiday so sure Jake I can try and do something with that but don't you feel a little bit more this is getting into dangerous territory if you're going to try and sanctify that and we're going to be we're going to talk a lot more about that folks hey guys let's talk about our baggage let's talk about Christmas kitsch! Now, this is my (laughs) this is my favorite part of Christmas. And folks, if you've listened to this uh, the 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 the, the, uh, various Warhorn Media uh, over the years, if you've if you if you've gotten to know me a little bit, you know that I can I can be an ironic fellow. Sometimes I (laughs) may be given to irony, but the interesting thing about myself, I think, is I find it endlessly fascinating about me (laughs) is that I don't really always know where the line is between irony. And genuine enjoyment of something. A good example of this one that's come up on the <laughs> podcast before would be my my enjoyment of the great Taylor Swift and her wonderful musical oeuvre, which I really do listen to and enjoy. And maybe it's all ironic. Maybe I'm the, the hipster a prince, the prince of hipsters. I mean, maybe I get alone by myself and turn on that music. And all I'm doing is patting myself on the back and thinking, what an ironic triumph, even though there's no one there to appreciate it besides myself, you know? I don't know. But um, I really do like, I think I just really like uh, Taylor Swift. I'll give you another example. That movie Snakes on the Plane came out, or Snakes on a Plane came out uh, like 10 years ago. To me, that's a stupid movie, and people that like it are stupid because everyone decided that they were going to like it ironically. And to me, it's like, you don't go and see a movie like Snakes on a Plane. You do go and see it to laugh at it, but you should also just enjoy it. Like... You should, if you're going to watch, like, if you're going to waste your time on Steven Seagal movies, you know, there's all these things that hipsters like, ironically. You have to actually like them, too. You can't just be an ironist. So I bring this up because my favorite part of Christmas (laughs) (laughs) is the kitsch. I love Christmas. I like blue lights. I like tinsel. I like Santa Claus. I've really... Uh, last week i told everybody how i'd been a christmas grinch as i've repented out of it the thing i've enjoyed repenting into has uh uh just been the enjoyable listening to bing crosby doing some cocoa watching the christmas specials of <laughs> doing some cocoa, doing some cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually in inserted, lines <laughs> <laughs> i actually do lines of cocoa i just snort the powder when it comes in you know the little uh, what do you call it uh, what's the name of the the brand um Swiss Miss? So yeah, I just just snort Swiss Miss. Um, I started some before this program. (laughs) I really genuinely enjoy. I don't don't think that there actually is that much irony. I have to give it a little irony in order to make it palatable for people. But I just like Bing Crosby. I do. I like White Christmas. I enjoy that part of Christmas. And it's something that I rejected about myself for a long time because it was cheesy and I was cooler than that. But I've come to realize, like, I actually really like the Walmartification and the Hallmarkification of Christmas in a lot of ways. (laughs) I just think it's fun. I like the gift aspect of it. I'm not a good gift picker outer that uh, giving gifts or receiving gifts is not really my love language but i sort of enjoy the stuff i enjoy the paraphernalia i enjoy the tree i enjoy the uh, the blue lights i just i just get a kick out of that it's fun it it, it brings out uh, the inner uh, child i'll tell you this year i've already got my christmas tree and it was briefly up before a family member took it down and said we had to wait until later but um <laughs> it is a white tree <laughs> a white plastic tree with blue bulbs <laughs> you already have it yeah Wow. wow, yeah, yeah, it was on a sale after Halloween, I think, um, which is really when the Christmas season should start when everybody else is complaining about the christmas season <laughs> Christmas starts earlier every day every year day after Halloween Nathan's day after out Halloween. picking out his tree, I say the yeah. day after Fourth of July that's when it should start. I like the Christmas. I like the, I, I, I just, I kind of get a kick out of that stuff. And I can't tell how much of it is, is the hipster in me and how, much. but I think I just really like it. I think I just, I think I just genuinely like that. All that, stuff, all the stuff that comes with Christmas. I like to listen to Christmas songs as long as I can. I know there's some people that, well, we have to keep it special. Let's just make the the one week window from here to here where we can do all our Christmas stuff because it's got to be contained. It's got to have this little contained time where it feels like a thing. But I'm like, starting. in, uh, you know, Halloween's over. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> ben, how do you feel about secular Christmas? Happy uh, Walmart Christmas. You like to go and hear the Mariah Carey. You like to listen to the Bing Crosby and have, bring the old Bing. so oh, you yeah, have a white Christmas, buddy. Yeah, or whatever he would say. You, you like all that stuff?
2: <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. I was just having some kind of... <laughs> Your inner cheek had going some, kind of, <laughs> yeah. some involuntary nervous system reaction to what you're talking about. <laughs> I, uh... I am not a fan of pop song Christmas songs. I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of kitsch. I don't think I never we never did Santa Claus when I was a kid,
0: and I we didn't either. My my, 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 my parents. I I don't remember ever not knowing Santa Claus was fake, and ever yeah. not judging all the kids that thought Santa Claus was real. And I don't know what I would do with my kids, but I sort of think it might be fun if they knew about I, Santa Claus. <laughs> Or if they, you know, uh, thought there was Santa Claus. Well, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, when I see images of Santa Claus, part of, I think part of it actually is kind of fun to me, like you're talking about. When I hear Mariah Carey sing, you know, Silent Night, I just feel pain, intense pain. But, or that's probably overstating it, but I do, uh, yeah, I can't take too much of, too much of it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What's what's kitsch? Nativity sets? Those aren't kitsch, they sure are they? can be. They, yeah, sure, can they be. sure can be. Yeah, they sure can be. I think my mom has pretty good taste in nativity sets, so I don't think we had any really kitschy ones. Uh, Do you have images of Jesus in your nativity sets? Well, yeah, the little baby. Mm. Yeah, Mm. there he is. So that's, is that kitsch automatically? And you're trying to take up the Presbyterian argument (laughs) (laughs) here? I didn't say I was consistent. (laughs) I don't have, I don't think I, do I have any nativity sets? I don't think I do. And if I do, I forgot that I even have them. So it's, you know, they don't count. What are their kitsches there? I don't know. I guess I don't... In one way, though, I guess I don't mind it all. It is kind of funny. It is kind of ironic, mm-hmm. my enjoyment of it, whatever I enjoy, of Santa Claus and even Christmas pop music and paraphernalia and tinsel and lights. I like lights, unironically.
0: I like lights, unironically, and too. I like to go see the houses that, you know, in the New York yeah. neighborhoods that decorated it up big. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you
1: can't even do that around here. Yeah, people are not? No, man, like, I was talking to... Adam Adam Spady about this just the other day. Adam's an elder in our church here. He's also from Evansville, where I'm from. And he was texting me saying, "I listened to the Halloween episode. You're totally right on about the differences between Bloomington and Evansville. And you underestimated, like you were, you totally didn't play up how awesome Evansville is enough, which is what my wife told me afterwards, by the way, just so just Fun fact for everybody, they both said the same thing to me. It wasn't that houses that had full-size candy bars. It was the houses that had king-size candy bars Mm. that you were looking for. It was you get home from from school and right away you go and you you throw on your costume and you grab your pillowcase uh, because they don't make bags big enough. you to get all the candies you're gonna get and then you go out and you're out till after dark with your friends and you plan to stop a place to on your route where you're gonna stop at a friend's house and eat dinner or grab a bite to eat or you lie to your parents about that and you don't eat dinner you just eat candy and you come back with a full and sometimes you go back and you dump out half of your bag because you had already filled it up You're, you're you're sleeping sleeping or uh What's it called pillowcase, pillowcase, <laughs> pillowcase. Not sleeping bags. That would be a little. <laughs> <excessive>. <laughs> wow, that so was but, really but, great. But the, the point I'm bringing mm. up is that I, I that actually led to us talking about Christmas lights mm. and about how how much of a thing it was for us growing up to to, to ra- travel around and just look at lights in different neighborhoods and how it was a killer great date to get dinner or whatever and then go look at Christmas lights and listen to Christmas music while you did and you could just pick a neighborhood. Yeah. Anywhere around. Adam was actually telling me that his he tried to take Dawn his wife on their first date to go look at Christmas lights, and it was a total bust because Bloomington is so curmudgeonly about lights that he ended up he couldn't find a neighborhood that he felt he like was worth going mm-hmm. around and looking at lights, and so they ended up just downtown, it's which great where the city of Bloomington mm-hmm. actually does a great job of putting lights up downtown. It's you <laughs> <who> know
2: <laughs> it's something. okay.
0: It's okay. It's those white lights. Not a big white light. It's the white austere lights. I like well, the blue ones. The you know, Blue ones. Bloomington folks. is a Bloomington's a
1: socialist uh, society.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. so you know when the state takes over the lights, you get some nice lights downtown, and then nobody else puts up their lights.
0: And the nice lights downtown, they stop. Like there's literally like it's like a block cartoonish. Like the lights Line, stop, and then yeah. there's a big cloud of darkness <laughs> it's that you all can the way just around. That's into. right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, guys, I. I really like I really like all that stuff. I mean, I'm just going to say it again cuz I'm so excited. I'm just going to say exactly the same thing. I, I Sorry, what, go ahead. No, I, I just um I just feel like I want to come back and say to me, it really is kind of magical. You know, you're going to hear more about my Christmas baggage. I I told, talked about how much of a grinch I was last week. So, I'm going to excuse myself to just say this week to me, that whole part of it feels great. I love it. I love all the stuff. I love all the Christmas specials, The Grinch, Charlie Brown, It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Story. I love all the stuff that's on TV. I love all the tacky music. To me it feels like it feels good in a good it feels good spiritually is what I'm kind of dancing around saying cuz I don't quite want to cop to this, but to me it feels like God has given us this wonderful world of bounty. He's allowed us to live in a very rich culture full of stuff, and uh, we should be grateful for it. It's a good time for variety, for color, for for life, for magic, for wonder, for kids to just be like, wow, the world changed into this bright, twinkling winter wonderland of Christmas lights. I mean, to me, it's just, uh, (laughs) it's hard to be, I have swung hard In my, in the last couple of years, as I've tried to repent of some of my previous grinchiness into just having a unput on. I mean, I feel like people will say, well, you're just compensating because for your inner grinch. And maybe that's true, but there is a, a real part of me that's really just like, it's a wonderful Christmas merry land of wonder yay merry christmas bedford <laughs> falls merry christmas you wonderful old building and loan <laughs>
2: uh yeah i think i know what you mean i think i feel some of that too
0: at least maybe not as much as you but well it's such a depressing time of year anyway it's just, it's just nice that you <laughs> know people will say latch you're, you're tinseling over the depression yeah totally Yeah, what a depressing, cold, terrible time of the year. And I get to go to a party and have some eggnog and there's tinsel up and people are kissing under the mistletoe and I can forget about it for a little while. Great. Wonderful. What a blessing. Thank God. I like it.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Do you like to listen to Duck Dynasty's Christmas album? It's like Raging Cajun Redneck Christmas, that song? I've got my standards. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh well jake uh what's your christmas baggage you grew up in evansville which does it right does it nathan that's the way right nathan yeah that's it the, i
1: think that's half the point of this show for me is evansville does everything right <laughs> evansville <laughs> yes. does it
0: right <laughs> that'll be our new tagline <laughs>
1: <laughs> middle america for the win man
0: no i yeah, i've
1: gone on a, a similar cycle as you and i i Ended up in a in a very similar place. Uh, how I got there is maybe a little bit different. I think a big part of it for me was really reading reading the Psalms and seeing the Psalms talk about how the nations will give feigned praise to God. That mm. the, the w- when the gospel goes forth. When the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the face of the earth as the waters cover the sea, the nations will have no choice but to give feigned praise to Jesus. I think I was reading this through the Psalms around Christmas time once, and it just suddenly dawned on me that, wait a minute, that's what all this stuff is. Mm -hmm. That's what all this commercialization, all of this, all these secular Pop stars or whatever singing Christmas carols while you're walking through Walmart, done up in bows and garland. That's what it's all. That's what it all is. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus has won, and He's won so thoroughly that everybody, at least once a year, has to pay lip service to the fact that He rule th- that He rules the earth with truth and grace. Mm-hmm. That's when I really started to get into. Allowing, allowing myself the freedom to really enjoy some of those things. And there's a sense in which it's ironic for me. I don't feel like it's hipster ironic so much as like, I sincerely actually really do love and enjoy being Crosby and White Christmas stuff on the one hand. Mm-hmm. And some of that is just like, I love my grandparents and in their generation or whatever. And it reminds me of them and, And so there's some of that too. On the other hand, I feel like there's sort of a I I enjoy it with sort of a a wink and a nod to heaven. Like Mm -hmm. I sort of revel in in hearing Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Frank Sinatra singing songs of praise to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's awesome.
0: And uh, Mariah Carey commanding us to bow, fall on your knees, knees, (laughs) commanding everyone at Walmart. Hey, stop what you're doing. (laughs) Fall on your knees.
1: Yeah, I just uh... Oh here are the angel voices, Christ is the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. amazing and 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 really cool. And you can look at it and be like, well, she's a hypocrite and she doesn't mean it. Yeah, of course. But she is. actually the Bible celebrates the fact that the pagans, the nations, are gonna be coerced into giving you lip service. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna be able to deny the fact that you are God there's no place you see it in american politics and election cycles so you see it less and less but i don't know donald trump kind of brought the renaissance back <laughs> right right you see it in 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 the political cycles where people who have no principles have to pay lip service to god one way or another mm-hmm. hillary clinton has to claim that she's a christian which if you if you believe that i, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got a bridge i can sell That's you or right. whatever and all of those jokes
1: yeah <laughs> um, but so so I think you have election cycles and then you have Christmas. And those are the times where that it just really is clear and evident that that God is won. And and you can say, Okay, yeah, well, we, God won whatever. The West is in decline and is reject rejecting God and the things of God and the church is in decline or whatever. But it also then rings true for me as a promise. God has done this before. We've been here and we've done that. God has won over all of the Western civilization to the point where still today we have this, and yet yeah, may be in decline, what God has done once, God can do again. Mm-hmm. It, it fills that, just that, walking through Walmart, seeing the ribbons and the bows, and hearing Mariah Carey call us to fall on our knees fills me with hope for what God can and, and will do. That future in this country and across the world.
0: Absolutely, and let me. Since I opened up the idea of irony, maybe I can put a little Christmas bow on it by saying the great, or not the great, the terrible, wicked director. What's that guy's name? Oh, forget him. Let's not talk about him. Someone once said a, a a famous ironist once said they don't have irony in Albania, and the idea is that irony is the way that rich people apologize for the things that they actually like. That poor people don't have to apologize for. Mm. (laughs) And I think that that's actually what hipsterism is. Hipsterism is people happen to like a certain lifestyle and they feel like they can't like it without apologizing. There's no such thing as ironically liking something. You actually just do like things. What you feel like you have to do somehow is signal that you're above the thing you like. Right. Which is mostly pretty bad. You know, if it's if it really is just like 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 if, if in my case with Christmas, if it's me saying, well, actually, I'm more sanctified than the the blue lights and the tinsel, and you know that's not really me, but uh, <laughs> wink wink, I kind of like it. That's just me being stupid and a liar, basically, and trying to play both sides. But I mean, it sometimes I feel like Jesus is one of the great ironists in the Scripture, and what I mean what I mean by that is. Jesus always sees—he sees the big picture because he is the big picture. And so he says, "I'll make you fishers of men," and the disciples are like, "What?" And all the time, Jesus is just like—I mean, I'm sure there's much better examples that aren't occurring to me. He's saying things that have two meanings, and his disciples inevitably are hilariously just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, uh, what's the what's a perfect example?" I know there's one I'm not thinking uh, of.
1: Oh, they're in the boat. And he says, uh, beware the leaven of the of the (laughs) because we have no
0: bread. (laughs) And they're like, what? We forgot to bring the bread. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a wonderful joke that we we have. We have the wonderful perspective of being able to Uh, actually, in God's glorious kindness, know the heavenly realities just know enough of them, at least the side of heaven that we kind of get the joke <laughs> um, and we can make fun of the disciples, even though we would have been just as dumb as them. And in that sense, I think I can be a Christmas ironist because yeah, blue lights are a tacky way to celebrate the King of Kings. Yeah. Mariah Carey is a hypocrite. Yeah. Symbols are a dumb thing to clang together, but there is that Psalm that says, I will praise him with symbols. I'm like, what? The God that created the universe, you're going to take a couple pieces of metal and bang them together like a toy <laughs> monkey. That's what the psalmist is going to tell you to do. There's some irony there. The irony of uh, our us being <laughs> broken, stupid <coughs> creatures using the material things of our dumb bodies in this dumb, broken world. You know the irony of 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 us using
1: as if any of that can be beautiful to the all glorious yeah. holy one.
0: But I love that joke. I think that that's the joke that I'm enjoying. I hope, I mean, I hope it's sanctified. That's the joke that I want to enjoy with Christmas kitsch is that, like you said, have it my way. Frank is giving glory to the King of Kings and, uh... That's hilarious. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, there's not enough, you know, Jesus came and so there's not enough tinsel in the world. And tinsels was such a, what a dumb way to celebrate <laughs> Jesus, but we're just doing with the best that we can. It's pathetic. <laughs> <And> it's hilarious. <laughs> tinsel, blue lights, little blue lights that you plug into the wall and little trains that go around and trees that we chop down for some ridiculous <laughs> drunken reason. I mean, how did that start? And we, bring it in and we put it up and we hang things on this tree. I mean, it's just it's 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 silly, but it's also kind of beautiful in a childlike sort of a way, and I love it. <laughs> Merry
1: Christmas everyone.
0: Well, and that's the that's the thing that that it really I
1: think comes down to is the difference between being childish and childlike. Mm-hmm. And one is immature and and the other is mature. And there's a there's a you know, it's one of my favorite Favorite, favorite, favorite. I love the apostle Peter. I love him. And one of the reasons I love him most is because after the resurrection, he's sitting on... Uh, he, he He's like, well, guys, let's... John, let's go fishing. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what he knows to do. And he's out there fishing. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees Jesus on the shore. And when he realizes Jesus is on the shore, he grabs his coat and he puts it on. And then he jumps in the water and he swims to shore because he just you know there's it's like daddy's home Mm -hmm. and so it it doesn't even seem to make any kind of sense he puts on his tunic and then he swims jumps in the water and john's like well i guess i'll i have to bring the boat in myself Mm -hmm. but it's that kind of self-forgetful response to to jesus that you just see peter he's full-on committed to being to just he loves he loves jesus you tell a
0: story about your son peter Actually, it just occurred to me. You should tell that story. (laughs) Well, this was a few years ago now.
1: Yeah, I had been away, and I was actually working on editing a book called "Daddy Tried" by by Tim Bailey. Mm
0: -hmm. This was maybe a few years even before that book came out. This was yeah, it might
1: might have been a year or two before it actually came out. Mm -hmm. So I'd been up working on it in Michigan at a at a sort of like a retreat house type type place. Then I left from there to meet my family for our family vacation. When I got there, my family was already at the at the house that we were staying at and there was a balcony. When when I pulled into the drive, I guess the door was open or whatever, and Peter, I don't know how old he would have been, 3, 4, something like that. He was so excited to see me that he just he couldn't take the time to open the screen door. He slammed into it and burst burst through it and knocked <laughs> it off of its hinges. And there was no way that he was going to actually be able to get to me because it was to the balcony. Mm-hmm. So he's like there, like reaching through the spindles of the balcony. And, you know, my my sensible daughter goes out the house, comes around and is the first to greet me. Right, <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Younger than Peter. Younger than Peter. Mm-hmm. But I, it was just very sweet. And uh, sweet to see that same kind of self-forgetful thing that I love about his namesake. So. And to
0: me, that's the sweetness of... All the Christmas junk is it's it's us like knocking the stupid screen door down yeah. because we love God and it's fumbling and it's stupid and it's mixed up and you got a broken screen door on your hand afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Those screen doors away.
1: <laughs> Burst all the screen doors. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, the devil's advocacy alarm is going off. Oh, no. Oh, darn. <laughs> what is he doing here? Oh, no, come we on. Getting... <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> well, here's your, here. we have to pick up some of the threads of our conversation last time. But also, we can say, we can, we can pile onto that and say, all the stuff you're talking about. You know, Bing Crosby, not a great guy, (laughs) you know, went through some divorces, read his books, the books by his kids about him. His first kids, I think his second kids like his second set of kids liked him a little bit better. If you know the story of Bing, but Mariah Carey, not a great Christian so far as (laughs) I'm aware. The whole Christmas thing, well, I mean, there's them that would say it's a bunch of very smart people in Hollywood figured out a way to package the American Christmas experience and to sell it, to make money off of it. By making One of it, those principal people was named Irving Berlin. One of those guys was named Irving Berlin. They uh, found a way to sanctify our, our, our idolatry with just enough sprinkling of Jesus and of Christmas. But really, even now, they're kind of revealing their hand and they're saying, you know, Starbucks suddenly won't put, you know, there's that whole thing. Suddenly we can't say Merry Christmas to people, which is always kind of what they've been working towards.
1: Yeah. And then we think that our the Christian response is to is embrace to... all
0: of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got all that, and I want to pick up the threads of our conversation last time, which you've we, you've got like, well, wait a second, should we even be binding men's consciences with this 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 holy day that we've created? So you, so basically, here's the big argument against Christmas: the Christians somehow created a holy day, which they shouldn't have done, and then that holy day, because it was a, a dumb, wicked invention anyway was seized by the pagans, and they twisted it into uh, the worship of their idols. And maybe it was all stolen from uh, their original idol worship anyway. And uh, they twisted it into this idolatrous thing, which it basically always was. They just revealed it for the idolatry. And then they lumped a metric ton of extra idolatry onto it, figured out that they could use it to make a lot of money for a lot of great American organizations. They sold it to us, and now we want to cling onto to it because we feel some sentiment. Because they sold it to us. I mean, there's, that's the weird thing about Christmas sentiment. I'm sentimental for dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh. Now, Ben, how many times do you think that I've gone dashing through the snow... In a one horse open sleigh. I'd you would take a to guess? say
2: only once or
0: twice in your whole life? Zero, <laughs> actually. Whoa. I, mean, I don't know if I'd even know what a one horse open sleigh is. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa there. <laughs> I'm sentimental about a big, fat, jolly guy that doesn't exist and never did. I'm sentimental about a whole Christmas. I've never had roasted chestnuts. I'm sentimental
2: I mean, about a very high electric bill, all those lights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> (laughs) I mean, it's like I've been plugged into the Matrix and they've downloaded a whole Christmas program into my brain that I feel sentiment for things that actually never happened in my life. I mean, yeah, we had some nice times, but there were nice family times like other family times. But it was all sanctified, quote unquote, by this hallmark sheen that actually doesn't exist. Is the creation of Don Draper and (laughs) the Ad Men on Madison Ave. Mad Men. So that's the whole argument against Christmas in one package wrapped up in a bow underneath our tree. What are we going to do with it, fellas?
1: Open it up, play with it for about 10 minutes until it breaks, and then throw it in the garbage, I think. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think what part of what I want to say is that because we've all been programmed into the matrix, we've grown up in this world, in this culture, in this America that we live in, we have to be very careful about our motivations behind anything that we do. And it takes a tremendous amount of self-awareness because everything is so tied up with our families, our baggage with our moms and dads and grandparents and family drama, our broken homes, the city that we grew up in. And we see that here with just Bloomington and Evansville, um, 100 miles apart in Indiana, we're we're both basically Midwesterners. Mm. We're all three. I mean,
2: I'm a Southerner, Jake. Ben <laughs> <laughs> just drinks his mint juleps yeah. and invites people yeah. to Christmas cocktails. Clearly, clearly a Southerner. Southerner by well, by or birth. or, or, or uh, anyway, by, but, by but a, a West but I've Coast been processed in the north. Yeah, in the West Coast. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I guess here's what I want to come back to and say to
1: people: It is important that you raise your family to love Jesus and to understand why Jesus came and was born as a baby. It's important that you are aware of yourself and the reactions that you're, the the ways you're being reactionary to the culture you grew up in and your own family baggage. It's important that you are sensitive to everybody else around you and are aware of their needs and how you can care for them and love them and minister to them. It's important that you be able to step back and at least smile at the fact that the world is offering feigned praise to Jesus once a year. And then it's important that you exercise freedom of conscience um, in, a, in a way that's wise and honors God and loves your church and loves your family. And I, I just don't want to bind anybody's conscience to a holy day on the one hand, or to, to throw everything out the window on the other. I don't want people to make space for their idols or their idolatry. What I want is for people to feel free to deal with this thing we call Christmas in an honor in a way that uh, honors God and is faithful. And I think that you can do that by bursting through the screen door and throwing tinsel and running through the streets, shouting Merry Christmas, you old wonderful building and loan. And I think you can do it by saying, there's so much bound up with this stuff that I can't. I just can't have anything to do with it. I think if you do that sec if you do the first option, you need to be careful that you're not just embracing a prepackaged idol factory, right? And if you do the second one, you need to be careful that you're not just being a grumpy curmudgeon who doesn't love his neighbor and actually should go read Charles Dickens. And I think it's just going to be hard. And it, part of what makes it hard is loving your loving your families. It's sort of like what we talked about at uh, in our Thanksgiving episodes. Is we we have all this stuff. And you have all these opportunities to talk about Jesus because it's Christmas. And you have all these opportunities to teach people who he really is and what he really requires of you. And you need to be careful that you're not just throwing those opportunities all away because you've got a sanctimonious principle. Mm -hmm. What you may not be is sanctimonious about the way that you choose to exercise your conscience in either direction. What you must be is humble, sincere, and faithful to the Lord and to your neighbor to love God and to love your neighbor and to love your family. And if you can take the tools of the, our Christmas traditions and use them to call men and women to Jesus through a, a Christmas Eve service, through a Christmas party at your house, do tradition, Advent traditions with your family, then do it and do it with joy and with cheer and with a, a childlike faith and, and sweetness and joy. And if you can't and you earnestly believe that the only way to deal with all this stuff and to faithfully love God and call men and women to the true God is to say, I can't have anything to do with this. Then do that. and then, But don't be sanctimonious about it. Be faithful and loving and calling people, actually going out and calling people to love and follow Jesus and discipling your children and your family. And don't have a Christmas Eve service and take the opportunity to say, to explain to people who the true the true God is. As for me and my house, we're, we're going to celebrate and we're going to eat some fudge and we're going to drink some hot cocoa and we're going to throw the tinsel around and have some presents and have a party maybe. And, and we're going to go and we're going to celebrate Christmas with our families. And we're going to give our parents an opportunity to love our kids and um, our aunts and our uncles and an opportunity to love the kids. And we're going to talk to people about, about Jesus and we're going to we're going to do our best to navigate those waters with joy, and there'll be some tensions and and some difficulties that inevitably arise. We're going to talk of, more
0: about that next week, by the way.
1: Yeah, but that's just part of it, and that's part of life, and that's part of trying to navigate a broken
0: world as a faithful Christian. I agree with Jake, but I sort of want to plant my flag on the <laughs> the first one a little bit more <laughs> instead of the second one. I, I Okay. I'm not speaking ex-Sanity cathedra here. Just my opinion, man. I'm not talking, let's let's forget about a matter of conscience and let's just talk matter of wisdom. I can see why there might be some people out there that want to be done with it. I think Christmas is a great opportunity to celebrate the birth of our Lord. And I really love it. And I've come to love it after spending most of my Childhood, most of my period of sentience, once I achieved sentience around age 10 or whatever, whenever kids suddenly realize the world ain't perfect, I spent maybe almost two decades hating it and being really grinchy about it and finding ways to super spiritualize that. I don't think that it was helpful to anyone and I don't think it was helpful to me. And I think I wouldn't want to be oppressive in my exuberance, you know, if people just don't enjoy tacky Christmas music like I do, that's great. I, I think, um, I don't know, I just want to say Christmas is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for my own part, when I look at the, the time and place in my life where I was rejecting Christmas and everything associated with it, the line of that old Bob Dylan song comes to mind. I was so much older then. Mm. I'm younger than that now. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's really how I feel about it. And I really do. I don't know. I know a lot of times on Sound of Sanity, what we'll do is we'll sort of say basically at the end of the show, well, we can't solve all the problems for you. You have to live the tension for yourself. That's part of being a mature believer. And I think that's true here. But I also want to say in my years on this planet uh, for whatever stock you put in 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 my experience and um feeling about the matter i i think christmas is when it comes is a charitable time of year when (laughs) (laughs) men open up their hearts as one accord to their no i just um i think it's i don't know i just think whatever tools I, i guess what i really do think is when the culture gives you lemons it's nice when you can make lemonade and we ain't talking about an issue of conscience where they're telling us to go fornicate. or they're tell- there, is, there is idolatry and there is sin wrapped up in, in, in it a lot, and there will be more. And we're going to talk about that a lot more in the, the weeks to come. But I don't think it's unsalvageable. I don't think that there's not a good way to praise God, to take special note of the fact, of the wonder of him sending his son as a baby to enjoy the blessings that he's given us at Christmas time. So I plant my flag on the pro-Christmas side.
2: Yeah, I'll do the same. I'll do the same. When I think of the restless dissatisfaction I came to feel with Christmas, which listeners might hear more about in another episode, as I got older and as my family went through some crud, I I remember that I, I, I could tell that the traditions by themselves had nothing. The mm-hmm. presents, the lights, the kitsch just nothing. Stuff that I used to just be able to enjoy as a kid. I knew that I would have to love Christ much more than any of that stuff and that he would have to be at the center and there was a period of time where I resisted that. And I didn't want it and then I had to repent of that and I had to be able to, well, I only was able to enjoy presents and kitsch and all the stuff that comes with Christmas by submitting to Jesus and that's that's how it's supposed to work, uh, but that's also how it can work. Jesus gives meaning to the banal aspects of our daily lives and the the dumb stuff that we're just born into in our culture, and makes kitschy things beautiful, meaningful. Yeah. And they're not <laughs> they're not it's not idolatry <laughs> to like Christmas lights and fudge at the same time every year. It can be blessing.
0: I'm glad that we don't. Have that we're not part of a church system that forces that on people, you know, as part of their devotion to God. I'm thankful that old Martin Luther helped liberate us from that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just it's been my experience in life that more often than not, God is so good and He's such a good Father that I always think when I repent of something. What I'm going to do is be celibate and be done with it. And he just like nine times out of 10, not always, but nine times out of 10, he gives it back to me in a sanctified way. And it's just like, that's what I'm really talking about with the Christmas kitsch, I think, is like there was so much bad stuff uh, wrapped up with Christmas for me and genuinely bad stuff, I think, in some cases that I did repent of it. And I wanted, and that curdled into cynicism. And then I think uh, maybe in my late twenties it turned into a real repentance. And what didn't happen is that God called me to be a monk about the whole thing. What happened is now I have it back, and it's awesome, and I'm thankful for it. And all that junk has meaning. I mean, it's like you can repent of fornication and live, become celibate. But a lot of times people repent of fornication and then God's awesome and they get married to an awesome wife and they have kids. You know, that's how God works. He's just like super kind. Hmm. And so that's what I see for me, at least personally speaking with Christmas is that I ran away from all joy because I saw the false joy. And then at some point in my life, I figured out how to begin to repent by God's grace of the false joy. And then guess what? God gave me back real joy and it's happy. That's all. It's good.
2: So, so uh, you
1: know, it's sort of like you know, this this show is always we're always trying to we're always taking it away from you and giving it back to you, right? Yeah, the way that we see God doing it in our own lives in 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 the world, and so there is a superficial way of celebrating Christmas that's cheap and materialistic and unspiritual,
0: and and there's a way of spiritualizing that just enough to make your peace with it, and then
1: yeah, where you can you can get by with your Fananini you nativity set, and your uh, reading
0: of Luke 2. Your blithe acceptance. And
1: whatever. But then there's then there's per- pressing deeper and looking deeper at what God has done and how radical it is that the entire Western world was transformed from the moment that God himself became a man. Uh, the whole world is being transformed. But that, that transformation is nowhere more evident than it has been in the West over the last 2,000 years. So we now have a culture that is built on the foundation of Christmas, on the foundation of God sending his son into the world to be born as a man, to live as a man, to die, and to be resurrected from the dead. And that shapes everything. And there's a whole season of the year where everybody feels compelled to celebrate uh, one way or another. It is hard work to make make the most of it, for our families and for ourselves and for our neighbors, but that work doesn't involve doesn't needs to involve rejecting the celebration or everything surrounding it. it, it what it means is pressing deeper, seeing cel- seeing this our Christmas celebrations as having grown, uh, really being the fruit of of the gospel and its transformative power over millennia. And so we have we have a world where there's pudding and fudge and tinsel taken by themselves they're lame and stupid. But taken as our lame and stupid way of trying to celebrate something incredible and amazing and awesome, they suddenly have meaning that's sweet and potent. And that's really what I think we want to argue for recovering.
0: But how do we do that? However, do we uh, get? However, shall we do it? This sounds like a cliffhanger, a Christmas cliffhanger. For next week's episode, where we will be talking about how you make it all work, how you combine the sacred and the secular. Which it turns out is hard work. I mean, this is a good. Yeah, thing, it right? is. So join us next week, part three of our Christmas. If if there's one thing I think we've proved is that wrestling with these issues, well, it takes at least three episodes of Sound to Sanity. So we'll come back. We'll be talking about this more next week. Uh, I think we've staked our claim as, yay, Christmas! It's the best. But yeah, you got to work through it. So we're going to talk more about how to do that next week. I think we should probably end with a fun game of Christmas. What was our game supposed to be? The letter K. The letter K for... For kitsch. Letter K for kitsch. Okay, uh, well, uh, given, guys, that uh, we were discussing uh, fun Christmas kitsch today, we're going to play the alphabet at word association game, and you have to say a kitschy Christmas thing. Uh, ben, you can start us off. C- I can?
2: You sure <laughs> Are you can? Sure? Yeah, I, mean, I think you, give you mean of... that I may. <laughs> Whether or not I can is another Ben, way. you will start us I off. I will. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. How about kings, as in the three kings, as in kitschy nativity figures of the three kings? Does it have to start
1: with K? You didn't say it had to start with. K. No, I thought we
0: were doing the alphabet. Oh, I thought that we. Okay, I misunderstood.
1: Are we doing the alphabet? Starting yeah. with A. We can All start
0: right. with K and then work our way back around to elemental. Oh,
1: no, that's gonna get the, confusing.
0: Okay. We'll start with A. Start with A.
1: Um, Say something about Advent, dude.
2: Or aardvarks. <laughs> <laughs> Advent candles.
0: <laughs> Real kitschy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Bells, like the the single bells that you wear w- with the red string.
0: Ah, uh, like. Carol of the Bells. Pretty much every version, yeah. <laughs> even the even the good versions, but especially the electronica like uh, stupid Trans Siberian Orchestra-, Orchestra type versions. Decorations.
1: <laughs> <How> about- <laughs> Elf on a shelf,
0: <laughs> fudge. Fudge is not ki- is fudge kitschy? All right, whatever.
2: <laughs> uh, I think the, you guys are getting hung up
0: on the
1: <laughs> the kitchiness. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've I've been ready every time.
0: Christmas gophers, <laughs> garland, uh, garlands, Garfield at large, the first collection of Garfield Holly, <laughs> which I've read actually. Yeah, me too. <laughs> course it's, it's to you it's oh it's to you a, uh sorry it's what I, am i at
1: your eye i uh ivy uh jingle bells
2: <laughs> there we go <laughs> Kitsch. <laughs> <laughs> brain not work jingle bells
0: Kitsch. Uh, uh yeah kitsch is kitchy uh k-h-i-j-k-l llamas like the ones that the three wise men wrote and Their journey to Peru (laughs) We don't know where they were from There could have been Peruvian
2: wise men
1: (laughs) right. Um, Mistletoe, Merry Christmas
2: Menorahs Jake, why don't you play for me I have been Yes, I know (laughs) (laughs) Let's make it official (laughs) The mass (laughs) The Christmas mass (laughs) Uh, Mistletoe
1: Mistletoe, there we go Uh I was thinking of yours, sorry. <laughs> Nog as in eggnog.
0: Egg uh... Ooh. Oh. Oh, the holly and the ivy. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Uh, presents. <laughs> presents. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I didn't have
1: coffee. No. <coughs> I set myself up to lose because what in the world's gonna be? Q. Q. are like quail. No, it, um, uh. Are you gonna Are you gonna bail me out, Ben?
2: <laughs> I should do it. Should I it you the you the deserve microphone? it. I owe you like ten bailouts now. <laughs> it's um. Oh man. Is it quince? What is it? No. <laughs> Something with a Q. Quartz. (coughs) (coughs) Yeah. Yeah, Quartz snowmen. There we go. (laughs) Super
0: kitschy. A, B, C, D, D, F, G, H, I, J, K, Elemental P, Q, R. R Rudolph the Red Nose. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. (laughs) 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 Stockings. (laughs) Pencil. (laughs) Underwear. The worst present that your mom can get you. <coughs> Kitchy Christmas underwear. Oh. With Santa Claus colored underwear. Uh,
1: how about vinyl uh, Santa suits or something like that?
0: That's good. Vinyl Santa suits.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, w
1: W. Uh, Winter Wonderland.
0: W. X. Uh, ooh, X. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> The person playing the xylophone, yeah, xylophone carols has xylophone been just whispered whisper to me off mic. Christmas xylophone, Christmas xylophone songs. Um, Yule Log, Zoe Deschanel <laughs> from Elf. She's an elf. Yeah, she's, she's an girl. elf. Yeah, yes. Yeah. New, New girl. She got a, she got a
1: Christmas album. She what? and him. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to uh, Sound of Sanity today, folks. Uh, you can if you if you want to support the show, if you want to support Warhorn Media, you can make a tax deductible. As we think about end-of-the-year taxes and stuff, you, you probably want to make some tax-deductible donations. So uh, you can go to warhornmedia.com, you can probably press the Give button, you can do that. I saw
2: three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the mall.
0: The most important thing that you can do is finish listening to this show, which was engineered by Benjamin Solzer, produced by Nathan Alberson, and executive produced like all fine Warhorn products by Jacob Benzel and Nathan Alberson. And I forgot to say, you can also, if you like the music that you heard for the intro and the outro, you can go and find yourself—I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You know how Google works. You can find yourself a copy of— my or no not my soul among lions but a precursor to my soul among lions the good shepherd band's christmas albums they are called repeat the sounding joy and all the bells shall ring all the bells shall ring some great christmas music if you like my soul among lions if you like folk rock if you like christmas these are the albums for you and also until next time stay Stay
2: safe
1: we